Hey everyone, I'm your host and soul sister, Gretchen North. I'm a veteran health and wellness professional turned life coach. Sticky Situation is about getting unstuck so that we can get on living the lives we are meant to live. We'll share stories and advice, hear from experts, and even do some guest coaching to be reminded of living today with more awareness and inspiration, all in the spirit of creating a more fulfilling tomorrow. To get in touch, find me at gonorthcoaching.com. Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to introduce a former colleague of mine who blew my mind when I learned that he was basically getting a master's degree in play. He'll tell you more about it, but I am really pleased to introduce you to a playful, experienced designer, Jordan Brown. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Gretchen. It's really wonderful to be here. Yeah, what does your title mean, Jordan? (laughs) So I design all types of playful experiences for a numerous of different either organizations or uh, locations as well. Uh, I've been involved with designing board games, uh, designing experience pop-ups, play festivals, physical games. I've helped design uh, virtual games as well. Uh, but more, most importantly, you know, I'm a friend of the people and I ensure that having playful lessons and techniques and methods can be provided to a general public so we can get back to our instinctual, uh, playful selves. Ooh, instinctual, playful selves. Tell me more about that. Well, it, it's really interesting because when anytime we talk about play, a lot of times people look at it as it being, um, oh, this is just a one-time thing that I do. I have fun and I leave it to be. But that's not the case. Like, as you know, we're not even the, the only mammals that play. Like, all mammals play. We all learn from our playful experiences. Uh, with that being said, it's really great to bring that back to the fold and tell people you were born into this. This is something that was built into you since birth is learning through play, having fun, slipping into that playful mindset, and also just being able to engage with others in that playful mindset. That's how we've been building societies. That's how we've been building friendships and social skills from the beginning of time. Ah. Gosh, you just said so many wonderful things in that presentation. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious about the permissiveness as adults to have fun and learn through play and how that can seem like a foreign concept to people. Do you totally. do you find that adults are resistant to that approach to learning? I feel like only if we want to be. Like, you know, we have the ability to journey into the state of play. That's one of those things that comes with age. You know, we we have gotten to this point where we have dedicated time for these things and no more and no less. Um, but then trying to be adaptive and make time away from other responsibilities, we're more likely to write it off. And so when we tend to look at it as a one-time thing, that's where we kind of crumble down. But if we look at it as a time to always slide into place yourself in the mindset, enjoy the mindset, and then leave, then you can always come back and adapt those little techniques over time. 
it's it's a it's a practice thing. It's not so much as a one off. Is there a simple way that you can break that down for somebody who's like, okay, I hear what you're saying, Jordan. I want more of that in my life. How can I start to practice that? Well, there's like tons of little tasks that you can get into. You know, uh, one thing that I find myself is trying to get adults to tap back into your childhood. Um, usually one thing I advise people to do is I always look at old photographs of myself. Uh, I think back at the activities that brought me joy, not so much as the items that have brought me joy, but the activities themselves. And then I set aside at least like one to two times a week where I actively engage in that activity. And that helps me move back into that mental state. So for example, one thing that I always have read and loved is music. Um, I cannot play music. I really wish I could. I respect everybody who can play music, but I personally, I do not have the knack for it. But I still really, really, really love to DJ. And one thing I've always done is I've taken the time away from not being able to do the activity, but search for music and create playlists and then finally bring it back to that one to time a week where I engage in it just for an hour, and it all washes over me again. I'm in a play state all over again. And I've also advised other people to do this as well. I have friends who have now gotten back into a lot of tons of activities they were loved as youth. Um, you know, one of my friends is right back into macrame, right back into needlepoint. Um, things that these were activities that really brought them connection from either their parents or either just themselves. And they have made more of their time just enjoying that playful state of mind again. And I can't tell you how much their moods have been lifted. <laughs> right. I was just going to ask you how creating, you know, it sounds like maybe even just a couple of hours a week to consciously shift into a playful mindset can impact your overall joy or your overall experience with life. Yes, it's been truly an amazing experience just watching other people slip back into that mindset. And even when we, even when I've designed outdoor settings or outdoor games with companies or corporations, um, you know, you, you always run against the people who say, I can't play a game. I haven't been able to play a game for years. And it's themselves not letting go of their inhibitions to actually enjoy the game, right? Uh, so how, you know, how I look at it and define play is a lot of times people look at play as a thing that you do, but, you know, when you finally find yourself in that mindset and let go of those inhibitions, you're engaging with the world around you in real hopes to bring enjoyment to yourself and others, right? So the minute you find yourself there, you're engaged because you want to bring joy to other people. It's not so much as I want to play a game to win or I want to play a game to be competitive or I want to do this activity to gain something back from it, right? Don't look at it as gaining a skill. Don't look at it as building something where you plan to win or as a transactional period. This is time for yourself to enjoy. This is time to tap back in to your light in yourself and then enjoy the time with yourself, with others, and bring that cohesion back to the actual sense of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're going for in play every single time we start. 
I love it. I feel guilty of playing games to win a little bit. <laughs> I always have a good time and I do slip into the mindset of just the pleasure of it. The, oh, the yeah. And you should, right? Like that is, that's like two types of different mindsets as adults. Like, you know, we look at it as a transactional time because we don't have time to waste. That's like one of our big things. Like we are not, we do not have the time to waste. So play needs to come with an outcome. You know, <laughs> It's got to come with an outcome. You know, I got to hit something out of this. If I'm giving my time, then I need either an accolade or a trophy or a friend group. I need something if I'm going to be here. But that's not actually a play state. That's a competitive state. <laughs> and sometimes we mix, as adults, we, we kind of mix that state of play together. We're like, if I'm going to play, then this is, I'm playing by these rules. And that isn't actually play because you're only in it for yourself at that point. You, you are also speaking to the idea of mindfulness in that. It's like, do what you're doing now for the sake of doing it versus the expectation that comes with it. Precisely. I absolutely love that. So you spoke about like when you're witnessing people taking part in the things that you've created, the initial inhib inhibition to actually jump in and do the thing. Do you have any tips or tricks to help people shift that initial resistance? A lot of times, and this is found in young children, uh, we call it parallel play, where you're very close to the, the scene of play but you're not so sure how to join it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what I love is when we create or I create games with adults, um, I let adults be actively participating in comments. So I allow adults to stand by the sideline and comment about what they should be doing, how the game should be enacted. And with that, sooner or later, an adult has gotten so engaged by the concept of standing by, they are ready to join. Oh, <laughs> so when you're ready to join, you still allow people to join playing by the rules, but you allow them to fully engage themselves in the activity by now they are switching into this game mode and all the things that they were saying before, they need to remember to help themselves play this new game, right? <laughs> so you find parallel play happening a lot more with adults. Children will want to learn the game. And once they learn the game, they want to play the game. Mm. Adults want to learn the game, comment about the game, find out what are the best strategies to play the game, and then enter the game with all those strategies. And will it work? Maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, will you win? Maybe, but it's not really about you coming in to win. You have now looked at all the details of the game to try to get in. Nobody wants to be the first volunteer, obviously, right? So <laughs> when you finally find your way into this play state, you've, you're actually building the pathway into it. You're not ready to join it. You want to learn all the ins and outs. And now you've built your own pathway. And all it takes is someone saying, come in. I love it. This concept of parallel play, the, I, the image that pops into my mind, and I might be off course here, is dancing. Perfect example. You know, it, it is really that fun thing because I feel like there are certain adults that find our social spaces and social structures 
as very difficult to enter into. And one thing that you learn as dancing is that here's the secret. Anybody who says they can't dance, I'm going to let you in on this little secret right now. Is everyone ready? Here it goes. Okay. No one, no one can dance. That <laughs> is the point. No one can dance. Dancing is due to just being in the moment and having fun. Now there are professional dancers. I will say that there are professional dancers, but if we're talking from a social setting, no one can dance. It's all about enjoying that space, that mental space that you find yourself into in play. When you see someone having fun, you want to have fun. Just like I brought that in before. This mm -hmm. is built into us since birth. We were here to try to engage with each other, make it more fun for each other, and make a better life for each other. So when you see a group of people all together enjoying themselves, there's something there that you want to engage in. There's something that pulls you into those spaces. That's that playful mindset. Wanting to slide, to slide into that session it's so connected to you. So when you are entering a dance space, your goal is, I want to find out what are the moves. Then I want to find out what is the song that I'm going to enter in on. And everybody in the corners will be egging you on and trying to get you to dance, but you won't go until you're building that pathway into it, correct? So once you have decided what are the moves, what is the game plan, how you are going to enter, then just go in and have Fun. And that can be said for adults who are connected to these same play, parallel play perspectives, is they are slowly building their way into the game. Once they're in the game, don't worry about all the moves. Mm -hmm. Usually people aren't worried about all the moves when they're in a game, unless they're professional players, just like a professional dancer. If you're not a professional dancer, just enjoy yourself. Let that playful mindset sweep over you. If somebody is new to this concept of parallel play and they're experimenting with what it feels like to feel the fear and dive in anyway for the sake of the potential joy that's on the other side of that, how do you take one experience to create more opportunity in the future to remind people of, oh, uh, that was actually safe and it was fun? Yeah, it works the same way as, uh, you know, one of the concepts that I, I give to adults all the time, which is go back and look at these photos of yourself in childhood, right? Because in childhood, you're fearless. You're not worried about embarrassment. You're, you're worried more about what is going to be enjoyable. What is, what's going to bring me some pleasure? What's going to help me engage with everybody else around me? And the same way you're going back and looking at those activities and those photos are the same way that you want to look at that, that perspective afterwards. Don't think about so much of, you know, as if we're still using the dancing parallel play uh, example, don't think about what you what is going to be the embarrassing thing, because you're not going to embarrass yourself, because once again, the secret is that nobody can dance. But <laughs> you, you're, you're going to want to look back at yourself in the moment mm. everything outside of entering and exiting once you're in the moment it doesn't matter anymore it's all about enjoying the play state and the play state once you're there and then when you leave you're going to remember that feeling mm. not you're not going to remember um you're not going to remember that 
oh, I missed this step or, oh, I, uh, I took too long to come in and then this song didn't play. You <laughs> are there. You are there in it and you are enjoying it. And the best thing about it is other people around you are going to see your enjoyment too. Mm-hmm. And that and that's going to, you know, tap into something, like I said before, very deep in our biology, which is we have now made another individual enjoy our time with us. And so that itself is like the foundational building block of enjoyment and play space is you're there, you're in it. Other people see you, they're there, they're enjoying it. Now we have all enjoyed ourselves in a play state. Mm, I love that. So what do you think happens to adults that we're no longer seeking that enjoyment for the the sake of enjoyment? What happens to us as adults that we start to edit those feelings out? It's a mix of two things, right? Um, It's a mix of adulthood. And adulthood tells you that uh, you have responsibilities now. And with these responsibilities, there is no more time for fun. There is no more time for play. Uh, We have built these contextual statements into adulthood, which is life is not fun and games. And I think as adults, we have built that into our own psyche. We have left that play space because someone or something has told us that we don't need to be there any longer. But the funny thing about it is you're still playing every single day. You know, if you create a to-do list and you're marking things off your to-do list, that's you've gamified your schedule. That's still playing. We've just found sneakier ways to tell you that you're not playing anymore. So then as an adult, we also don't have play spaces. As a child, your play space is the playground, right? That is where you can go, you can enjoy your time, and you can meet other children who are also engaged in some of the play that you're doing. We don't have those play spaces. So what we have done now is design a goal to find a play space where adults congregate and engage in similar play. And those locations are bars, right? <laughs> like you find you find trivia nights or cornhole or barcades or dancing, you know, as before. And even adult sport leagues, they're all connected to bars. And, and this sometimes can be a problem because the relationship of play is now also remixed with the relationship of alcohol. <laughs> and so that becomes one and the same for a lot of adults. To combat this, you know, I always recommend people, you know, finding those sources of play where you can engage in it without always the need for these locations. I'm not here saying that those locations become a problem and cannot and play cannot exist in those those locations, right? I mean, I haven't seen an adult sport league not have a beer night every night after it. But mm-hmm. I but I think the concept behind that is that we can only access play unless we are doing something adult like. And that adult like access is drinking. We mm-hmm. need to be able to connect it with something. So you can hide behind the fact and say I'm not actually playing. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not playing. I'm here engaging in conversation over a drink. But kickball was just a side thing here. (laughs) So it kind of has this bad rap. I mean, I've been curious and wanting to ask you sort of the difference between partying and play. And it sounds like they are interrelated, but that there are opportunities to separate the two and to play for the sake of playing. 
yes, partying got the good uh, marketing behind it. Partying has got the great marketing behind it. Play lost its marketing after you turned 12. Play got bended with the bad marketing. And now partying is the good marketing because you can hide behind the fact that you're not actually playing, right? You are engaging in a social event, but socializing is play. Like we as adults, we work a lot in inside of socializing as play. We play tons of games when we're socializing. We play different scenarios of saying, oh, what would you do in this situation? Um, what I would have done this, what have you would have done? That's play. That's just an imaginative play. What you, but you've written it off as saying like, oh, this is so work related. But no, these are all building blocks that we've been practicing as children that even all mammals have been practicing. And now we just play with language. We've, we, we've really gotten language down. Right. So now we have started to play specifically with language. I, as long as I have a social circle who goes out to drink, or as long as I have a social circle and we go out to another place, this isn't playing. This is socializing. No, it's playing. You're using that as an access to get to the play. The play is what you want. You know, you're built, it's built into you. That's what you want. So I think a lot of times adults we need to find some type of hidden access card to allow us to be in the play space that we want to be in. In all reality, honestly, you can always slide into that mental play space if you are willing to do it. You don't actually need the access card to get into it because adults want to have fun just as much as children want to have fun. We've just branded it differently. At the end of the day, you're saying that we can consciously choose to enter a play state and, you know, there are all these different conduits to play. It's going to take some of us a little longer than others to achieve that, that mental state of play. And that is perfectly fine. You know, you build the pathway into play in the way that makes you feel comfortable. Because once you're there, you're going to use that pathway to find yourself back into that mental play space all the time. One of the programs that I offer, Jordan, is a program called Jumpstart Your Dreams. The purpose is to be able to bring those things to the surface and to do them for the sake of fulfillment, for joy, for um, feeling whole and really feeling connected to your your highest self, like what are your greatest desires? So often people feel so absolutely disconnected from anything that brings them joy. They just, yeah. they don't even know what makes them happy anymore. Correct. Are there other tricks to help people remember what it is that would bring them joy on not a day-to-day -day basis, but maybe a weekly basis or just living with more fulfillment. It sounds like you're saying, just take a step in the direction. I can't play music, but I love listening to music and picking out songs for a playlist. Like what else? Like you said before, it's finding that light, finding that joy that has always resonated inside of you, but not taking yourself as seriously as you know, you should as an adult, um, we're all playful beings, is just realizing that you need time to enjoy these little things, you know, enjoying outdoors, enjoying the space that you inhabit with some with another person, you know, children have also been able to teach us so much about our own happiness. And so with that 
I, I specialize with helping people learn from youth in a type of intergenerational play as well. I, I've told parents tons of times when they are interested in something, their children are interested in it. Bringing your own old toys, bringing your own old hobbies, like and letting your children experience those through you as well, is something that find that you find bringing so much joy to yourself the family unit and also others around you. You know, find things that have sparked the inspiration before in you. Don't feel the need to throw cast away art, music, conversations, people, just because at one point you've outgrown them. There was something there that you found interesting. Look into that, evaluate that, bring yourself back to the to the present with those little techniques and methods and build upon that going forward. That's such great insight. You had me flashing back to being a kid on the floor with my great aunt playing pickup sticks and game memory. And, you know, we had joy in eating hot dogs and going to the swimming pool. (laughs) All of it is there. It is still, it is still all there inside of you. And, and I think that's really interesting because as adults, if it's not happening in the present, then it's not happening. Those are the special times that you want to think back on, bring into the present, find out what benefited that time. Oh, that's so beautiful, Jordan. You have me curious if there was a point in time when you were younger that you knew this would be your career trajectory. What was your path? So here's a story. I, I was in fifth grade and we were subjected to have to read X amount of books to do uh, X amount of tests and gain these tests. They were called AR points. Well, my friends and our entire class and other class groups had gotten very deeply into kickball around that time. Um, everybody was outside playing kickball at every single recess. And this was how we built our friendships from even classroom to classroom. Around that time, we had a test and we had a field day that included a real big kickball tournament from every single classroom in the fifth grade. And that was a big thing. Um, All the kids were really excited about it, but you had to have a certain number of points for AR test scores to be able to go outside and play. I didn't make it in time, but more importantly, there was a lot of kids who didn't make it in time. And we were subjected to silent reading inside while we got to watch all our friends outside play kickball. And when they came back inside from field day, they told us it wasn't as fun because not everybody who we usually played with was there. And uh, and I told myself that I don't think any kid should be subjugated to not enjoying time outside with a big group of people and all their friends for something as frivolous as not reading a Harry Potter book. And, and I knew then that play was kind of, was very important to me, but I, when I saw it affect all my other classmates, I knew it was really important. And, but I didn't think it was something I could actually major in. (laughs) I told my mom that I was going to become a play therapist. And she said, uh, what, uh, what? 
<laughs> she she was she was confused and and so was I because I didn't know that play therapy was a real thing. I didn't know you could major or even study play. I thought play was just one of those nice things you got an opportunity to do every now and then, but hadn't I hadn't done for years <laughs> until I had really great professors who were able to break me out of my shell and show me that you know, play was something that was deeper than than after 12 years old and that we were all playing constantly all the time, but we were just telling ourselves that we weren't doing it because we were afraid that somebody would call us out for not being an adult. Um, and so after that process had occurred, I made it my mission to kind of work with organizations where I could slip play and implement play into almost everything. And I can't tell you, the same reaction that I get from people when I tell them that, oh, I've come here to design a game um, is the funniest reaction ever. When they say, when you when you tell them that, they say, why? I don't play games. Adults come off, you know, that we, we all come off as a, uh, a bunch where we have no fun. We have, we have no fun. We don't want fun. Don't come here to sell the fun. If I wanted fun, I'd go find it. You don't need to be here. <laughs> but sooner or later, when you tell them, it's like, oh, no, I, I actually have a collegiate degree to show you how to do this. Then things kind of ease up a little bit. They're like, oh, OK, well, you know, we'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll respect you strictly because of academia. And that's your that's your foot into the door <laughs> sometimes <laughs> to design games where after you've designed something and you've showed it off to adults or children or you know um or even ceos who are who are very stuck in their ways um they are so susceptible to asking the the grand question can we play it again can we can we, can we do it again that's one of those statements that i love more than anything else is can we play it again it sparks this this biological spark inside of me to say oh yeah we are still connecting on this great level aren't we this is still our greatest skill and tool for meeting people where they are building people up connecting with people on a deeper level and showing them that life is more than just work all the time i love so much your personal story and how you've truly built this remarkable career from that one incident that really, you know, struck a chord with you. Uh, I, I'm curious about someone who may have had a, a tumultuous upbringing and they don't really have those pictures to look back to, or they may have had a lot of responsibilities in their household, raising younger siblings or other. Is it too late for them to- Never, never. It's never too late to find and build your pathway into this mental state of play. It's never late to build the path into it because it's actually going to save the mindset that you're in. You know, it's going to help you on so many different levels. For example, an individual who is feeling like they just don't have that background in it, it's never too late for you to build that path because you're going, you, you want a life that you can look inside of and be happy, right? We're all searching for that type of happiness because what you are building is a path to happiness, a path to fine tuning your skills that you would need to survive in this world. And it's a path to a calmer mental state 
of being because you're not so much always in a mode of survival. Mm. Being in a mode of survival is a, is a deterrent to play. I realize that where we all get into modes of survival, sometimes we live in modes of survival, but even in survival, in even in mammals who live in worlds of survival, we they've built their methods of play as well. And that keeps them not thinking that doom is around the corner all the time. I love the benefits of play and that that can be the very thing that helps get people out of their angst their yeah. work their fear and their and their shells their personal shells too it's it really being in this mindset helps you look at things in a brighter perspective and sometimes that is the little bit of light that you need to be able to step forward and help your life flourish a little bit more for those of you who have really resonated with Jordan's message of the importance of play in this state, if you want to learn more, shoot me an email at gonorthcoaching at gmail.com and I'll get you connected. Jordan, thank you so much for your time and your talent and your insights. I'm so excited for this message to reach the masses. Always. And one last thing, uh, if it's a personal statement that I can leave, cultivate the light inside yourself and your spirit will flourish. <sighs> thank you. My light just turned on. It's like glowing brightly. <laughs> So that's a wrap. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to work through a sticky situation of your own, shoot me an old school email at gonorthcoaching at gmail or check out my other offerings at gonorthcoaching.com. If you're listening, chances are we know each other and I'm so grateful for your support. Please help me spread the word by sharing, liking, rating, subscribing, any and all of the things are so appreciated. See you next time.